Welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your dang ma, Noah Perito, and I'm here with... Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Gorgonzola, rolling nat 20s, looking for my mummies. <laughs> <laughs> you did say you went dumber with this one, right? <laughs> Literally a second after. <laughs> Don't say them. They're still technically on air. It's time I'd to started go back. recording before you said before you stopped talking. Shisha uh, is leaving the studio over this. Yes, Shisha's very mad. She was sitting on my lap, purring intensively, and now she's wagging her tail angrily on the table. Well, gang, it's been quite a little bit since we've been in our main campaign, uh, but we are back with our 69th episode. Nice. I. Very nice. I cannot believe we've made it this far. This is crazy. It's hard to comprehend. There's really so many hours There's of our voices. <laughs> so many hours. Imagine if all of human civilization is destroyed tomorrow, aliens come, and they find our podcast, which documents a large portion uh, of our lives. And it's kind of a beautiful tragedy because they like they ended on the best number of episodes. Oh, they're like, they want to finish the story, but they also know that... To do so would disrespect what we left on. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm terrible at segues. Uh, I just wanted to say that I'm very thankful for all of you for listening. <sighs> Me too. Um, can can't we have maybe two make this one a quick 250 episode arc or something? Yeah, I'm thinking that we're gonna do a mini arc within this chapter 69 right now. Quick 500 episode <laughs> campaign. <laughs> um, sadly, no. We are we are embarking on the last third of our campaign. Uh, and I promise that it will be equally as insane as the first two thirds. Um, so, without further ado, let's do a big recap. Last time, we began our story not with Stregorede Gorgonzola, but with the recently escaped Brigid, Keeper of the Allfire, and Smite Altrui, Holy Knight of the Fallen Goddess. Having used transport via plants to evade the Omnimalum, the two had no time to waste. They have been followed back to the jungles of the Veridantes by none other than Archmage Flay Chantress. She had disguised herself to learn more about who was behind the invasion. After putting down Pyre, the Allfire, with only a single word, she displayed her terrifying command over enchantment magic by controlling those who had escaped the Omnimom's clutches, including Smite. She was only stopped when High Priestess Cardamon Wildspice, adopted mother of Brigid and de facto leader of the jungle, arrived to intimidate Flay back to the Empire. Knowing that this was merely a temporary fix, Brigid, Smite, and the rest of the Order met with the Zuhat Sendaria, the Council of Elders that oversees the goings-ons of the Veridantes. Desperate to provide shelter to the refugees they had saved and potentially open an evacuation portal for those at risk in the capital, our heroes beseech the council to allow them to retrieve an artifact known as a planestone that could be used to create a permanent connection. Unfortunately, they were unable to convince the majority of the Zuhat Zendaria. With a split council, they would only be able to shelter those who had already arrived. Future evacuations would have to be discussed later. Disappointed, Brigitte took the council's decision as a personal failure, but Smite was quickly there to assure her they would figure things out. As if on cue, Cardamon approached the group about secretly sending Brigitte on a mission with someone who would be able to navigate them to the Plainstone, and after sharing a touching goodbye with Smite, who had to go prepare the endangered Aurelians for a grand exit, Brigitte and her mother headed south to find this powerful object. She joined the Hexblood Spores Druid Babareshi of the Fungal Forest to travel the Sanguisaur Mountains to the Pale Wastes, where a ruined city known only as Phaserot stood. Weathering the oppressive magic, the two druids managed to fight off hordes of teleporting undead to retrieve the Plainstone and return home to the Veridantes. 
Back in the undercity of the socket, Gorgonzola, our hero, had managed to flee with the help of her new gold dragon friend, NP, and everyone's favorite mage, Marfin. Teleporting back into his office, Zola gave a full lowdown of the campaign up until that point, and the group was faced with a few questions. Should NP stay with Marfin and train with the crown, or stick with her new friend Zola? What did Zola actually want from her journey? And above all, what the fuck was the shard, and why couldn't Marfin identify it? Resolving to have Marfin take care of NP, Zola joined up with Smite and fellow member of the Order of the Fallen God Kittle to break into the Erudite study to find what Marfin called the Hidden Library to understand the Shard and perhaps some of the other mysteries of this world. Solving the puzzles of the study, Zola made it into the Hidden Library and learned the secrets of this world including, but not limited to, Fayfall had been created by Mistra, the goddess of magic who herself had formed when magic willed itself into conscious form, she had wanted to see what it would be like, and wanted to walk amongst the people of the plane to enjoy her magic with them. After a while, the many outer planes and their inhabitants began to make their home there, leading to the cataclysm known as the Maldiction. Turns out, if you make a plane out of magic, everyone is going to want a piece of it. <laughs> Finally, the Maldiction ended with Mistra sacrificing herself to save the Weave, leading to both sides to agree to a tenuous peace. They would not interfere directly with the material plane to avoid an all-out war that would inevitably tear them all apart. Zola also learned that the wild shard she held was likely some form of spell shard, a crystal or stone created as a byproduct of powerful magic. Moreover, their creation, as well as the presence of wild magic sorcerers like her old pal Scram, signaled similar conditions to the Maldiction millennia ago. With this in mind, the fact that magic was more common than ever, even sold in stores like Marfin's, that the Empire planned to abuse magic to create an undying metal army, that creatures like Paragon made their home on this plane and sought to increase their power to godlike levels, spelled disaster for all of Fayfall. After an antics-filled escape, Smite and Zola split up and resolved that they'd meet again after Zola journeyed to find her mother with hopes to find answers about her people's past and role as the Stregorede. I also had my first drug deal in the middle oh, of all that. That's right. You did have your first drug deal. That was an important character beat to include. <laughs> there was a lot of important character beats <laughs> that I'm skipping over here. We're but going the very drug lore use, heavy, but I just think we should talk about what that Yes, is. we do need to talk about how Zola quickly became a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> With this in mind, Zola made her way to Marfin, hoping to inform him of the situation, but was held up when Smite returned after saying goodbye already. He hoped to guide her on her journey, continuing to act strangely as they made their way into Marfin's. Worse, when inside they saw the evil academic, Flay Chantress, that's a sentence I hope to say again soon, <laughs> speaking with Marfin, forcing Zola to make a much quicker escape than expected. Before she could leave, Smite revealed that he wasn't Smite at all, but Trick, back to retrieve the shard for their employer. A quick battle ensued, ending only by Marfin banishing Trick so Zola could teleport to the dwarven city of Balderheim to begin her journey north. In Balderheim, Zola met her guide for the travels, Etzalui Grabraiba, a Durgar or Pale Dwarf warrior and storyteller who claimed and queen. to be and queen who claimed to be <laughs> and player. I mean, she had absolute game despite being very disliked in the city, um, <laughs> who claimed to be of noble blood. Zola also met the Shard, who had been awakened from the powerful energy used in the socket a day or so before. 
The little trouble might prove to be a constant form of chaos while in the city, and though Zola managed to keep their existence under wraps, she and Erza, who had seemingly gotten infected with wild magic from the Shard, were forced to leave with haste after attracting the attention of local nobles and a few members of the Omni Malum, led by her nemesis, Plebo Underpaddle. In the cavern tunnels of the Ouroboros Mountains, Zola and Erza fought their way through the forces of the Chromatica, led by the Dragon Lords, overcoming their initial uncomfortable relationship to become friends with similar goals. Their journey took them west, through the Chromatica's forces as our heroes traversed the peaks to raid Anacris Horde in Avarici, the location where Erza's family hammer was being kept. Along the way, there were a number of... Hiccups, antics, shenanigans, what do we even want to call them? After shooting disaster. the white dragon <laughs> disaster, after shooting a white dragon in the Dragusi and escaping no! down the mountain, our hero took a moment to reattune to the tusk. Though she was successful in connecting, she suddenly found herself possessed, seeing the shard in trouble and leading her to throw the bag of holding over the powerful crystal, which opened a portal to the astral sea, sucking all but her, Erza, and Stilton to this other plane. Devastated, Zola opened up to Erza and the two resolved to finish finding her ancestor's hammer, hoping that more options to save the shard would be revealed. Knowing time was short, the party took a quick jaunt through the elemental flame of fire, <laughs> meeting Charlotte Amira and the warriors of the Fallen Flame. Quick Lord Dump. Quick Lord Dump, just to meet the fact that the, apparently Mistress had influence in many other planes, <laughs> has many followers. She's been busy. She's been busy. Together. <sighs> first girl boss. Ooh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the. the <laughs> Fayfall's first girl boss, of course, was Mistra. <laughs> Together, they worked to remove a cult of salamanders who worshipped Anacra from the sacred temple known as the Creator Forge, utilizing the portal the Dragon Lord had created to escape into his horde. However, in the process of liberating this cathedral to the goddess of magic, Zola, through a brazen act of teenage confidence, we'll call it, <laughs> died. <laughs> No. <laughs> and was once we again we agreed to strike this episode from the record <laughs> I did I forgot to delete the whole episode we did re-record but I just forgot to delete it from the oh, timeline oh boy. oh boy indeed she was once again thrown into the astral sea to meet with Groomsh the orc creator god in exchange for her life Zola would have to ensure that he acquired the shard and returned to the material plane to conquer it with this promise, she returned in time to save her friends, her eye now red and searing as a reminder that she was marked as his. Ooh, grossy. Even reading that out loud, I hated it. Yuck. Yuck. Gotta find a way out of that one. After <laughs> taking a moment to rest, the party said goodbye to the warriors of the Fallen Flame, diving into Anacris Horde in search for Erza's ancestral hammer. Unfortunately, they did not have long to look before Deathmonger returned to revel in his spoils. Our heroes managed to sneak around and locate the artifact while he was asleep, but one small slip led the red dragon to rear his ugly head to see what new collectibles had entered into his den. The monster revealed that the hammer they had found was actually a weapon he had forged to corrupt the dwarves, and the stories about Ertz's ancestor were true. He may have been a noble, but he was the one who brought discord to the dwarves. Horrified, Erza was possessed with the greed of the hammer, forcing Zola to step in to help her overcome its effect. Under the guise of fighting for his amusement, the two used Erza's new ability to stone shape and hide in the pillars, leading to the ceiling of this temple to collapse as Deathmonger destroyed the structures trying to find our heroes. 
It's not fun to watch a fight when they keep hiding. <laughs> in a daring escape, the party managed to bolt up and out of the semi-collapsing city, making it up the cliffside paths through a clever combination of spider climb and Erta's admittedly off-brand bag of holding. Just when she was out of breath, our hero tumbled out into the rock and snow, free of the Chromatica and their tyrannical leader, looking north to where she knew her family was. Somewhere. And that's where we are right now. Gorgonzola, hair a bit shorter from your encounter with Anacra. I have a cute bob now. It is a very cute bob now. <laughs> Artists, take note. Uh, <laughs> um, you are standing at the top of this crater um, overlooking the jagged peaks below you and around you and far, far beyond them in the north, the evergreen tundra. You can almost just barely see it in the distance. You see the Wildewinter wood. It is illuminated by the sun that is now essentially on the western horizon about to descend. You know that that means Frigidich will likely be here pretty, pretty soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and you remember as you look out from reading your old Ambledorth almanac that this northern land was typically the only home for elves and their kin on this continent. They live in several locations, but the major one is Ivarom, spelled H-I-V-E-R-H-O-M-E, -E, with some accents. Don't worry about it. They also <laughs> have a few other a fortress in the far west known as Fort Friolero, a winter Eladrin city known as Chilvin, and a monastery called Glaciel. Rumor has it the elven nation even spreads around the Arctic Circle to other continents where many high elves and light-sensitive drow elves have settled. But Hiverholm is its crown jewel, the center of their power. Now you know that probably all of that has changed. Though the wind is cold and your lungs are sore, you can't help but feel overwhelmed with the lovely and painful emotion as you kind of look towards the end of the journey you have started a month or so ago. And as you're kind of looking out, you, you are interrupted by the raging roars of Anacra, which are ringing out, shaking this volcanic peak and nearly causing you and Erza to lose your footing. You know he never wants to leave his horde, and he's probably pretty hurt from the center of the city falling on him. But you've also really pissed him off. He's certainly not going to give up on finding you now. Find them! Find them and bring them to me alive so I can roast them myself! Do you think he's talking about us? You know, I'm gonna go with ya. Yeah. And you guys look back and you see that most of Avarici, as it is known now, no longer Lavastrum, is in ruins. I mean, the center of the city collapsing not only destroyed literally what was on top of his horde, but also several things that were just ha even half built over that section, which has led to fires and lava spilling out of the normal channels that it used to power this place. Uh, there's a sound of a horn and you and Erza look back uh, to see several dozen wyverns. These small, almost pinkish, beige, dragon-like creatures with chromatic kobolds and dragonborn strapped onto their backs as riders. They <coughs> soar into the sky from the still-smoking lavastrum and begin to start swarming like vultures, scanning the landscape for any evidence of you or Erza. Yeah, I really, I do think it is us. I do think they're looking for us, yeah. Yeah, we should make, we should... Uh, should go. go. Yeah. yeah. You cast a look back as the two of you kind of scramble, pull up your things, and begin to head down the mountain. Uh, and though you do not see it, as we described before, you know that Frigidich's forces are 
probably scaling this mountain as we speak. And so part of you uh, worries a tiny bit about them, knowing that easily they could be spotted by these wyverns. But mm -hmm. for now, that's just cover for your escape. I'm going to need you to give me a stealth check. Okay. And you do, as we know, have advantage on Sick. this. Do you have Featherfall? I mean, should we just try and jump and get as far down as we possibly can? Um, I, yes, I, I, I believe I do. If we want to go and look for a place a little bit further down, that's a great idea. Okay. I'm <laughs> not very stealthy, unfortunately. What did you get on your stealth? Um, that is a six, even with advantage. Oof. Ah, it's a roll. I'm picking up all of my stuff that <laughs> <laughs> I really started spilling out on, as I was going down the tunnel. Two things just keep tumbling out of your hands. Ah, I wish I had the bag still. Ah, fuck. <laughs> um, you guys quickly turn, and as you do, you hear... And look and see that one, two, three of the many, many wyverns have spotted you and are kind of breaking off from the group and descending upon you. Erza also rolled pretty poorly on her stealth check, okay. but I will say that you guys technically have a reaction before this this jumps into combat. Can I fire a warning shot? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sure. Do you want to try and hit them, or are you just gonna take a shot? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fire, try and fire right into the middle of them, like um a man standing, um watching crows over his cornfield. I'm going to just shoot off a magical shot into the middle of them. It's a plus. What? What do you have there? Fifteen. Yeah, 15 hits yes. them. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. 12 damage. 12 damage. You watch as you raise your gun. <laughs> rifle crack. The bullet soars through the sky um, and just goes through one of the wings. You see Wyvern howls in pain. The black dragonborn on the back of it kind of scrambling to hold the reins. Um, let's roll initiative. Okay. I have four hit points, guys. Just That wasn't in the recap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Erzalari only has 14, so okay. we're in a good spot. She looks good compared to me. I, I do not look good. I'm covered in you. blood looking at Erzalari. Does my hair look cute? I, the short is a good look, but also it is covered in blood. It goes with my face shape. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Don't worry about that right now. 15. 15. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Erzalari's up. She looks to you. You down for that plan? Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. She is gonna grab you and leap off and immediately is gonna use her reaction to cast Featherfall as you guys begin to start falling down towards the many crags covered in snow and now being <laughs> filled with the echoes of angry dragons. Soaring back and forth, clutching a rifle. <laughs> Just a rifle in hand. Um, Erza is kind of it's kind of like you're the one riding the motorcycle and she's holding onto you because of how you tag, but you guys are kind of slowly going down. Um, the movement of a wyvern while flying is 80 feet. Interesting. They are currently, I will say, roll me a D100, roll me two D100, and that's how far away they were when they spotted you. And we'll go from there. Okay. You want to roll high on this, so that way they're far enough away where you guys will be able to land and find a place to actually hide again. Okay. Because this will be, even though normally you don't do multiple stealth checks, this is one of those scenarios where if you get out of sight, you can roll another check. Okay. 54 and 50. 54 and 50. Okay, they are 100 feet away. That is ex 104 feet away, for being specific, <laughs> um, which is really good. because One's means pushing at the front a little bit. <laughs> one is pushing a little bit. 
Um, but so basically that means that they have to use their full fly action and dash to get to you. They're not okay. going to be able to attack on their next turn. Um, as you guys begin to fall, you guys fall at a rate of 60 feet per second. We love math here, folks. That means this round you went down 60 feet from them. I'll say this. It is your turn. You can, as your action, either look for a location and steer yourself towards it to land or do something else and leave that whole thing to Ertza and see if she can try and figure out a place to land. Okay. Um, maybe can I look for like a big bank of snow uh, that we could maybe just pillow into Assassin's Creed style? Uh, yeah, we can look for a big bank of snow. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check. And if you're using your action to do this, you can do so with advantage. Okay. I already have advantage, right? Because isn't oh, it a perception check? It's a perception check. Yeah. <laughs> I have super. <laughs> Don't worry, Ertza. I have my glasses on. 21. Ertza holding on to you. Great, because honestly, my vision's been getting pretty bad recently. And you look down and you do indeed see a pile of snow that it kind of shelves this entire side of the mountain. And then as you look closer, you see that some of the snow melt from this incredibly hot volcano mm -hmm. is kind of running through and has carved out a section of stone there, kind of giving it a little overhang to find cover under. Put your hood up, Arza. You got it. Throws her hood up. Um, you're directing the, your fall, correct? Yes. Okay, I need you to give me an athletics check. Okay. This is, it is not necessarily exactly muscle-based, but it's kind of like you're pulling the two of you in, directing your fall as much as you can. Um, did Stilton survive? Stilton is gone. Stilton's gone, okay. Just checking. <laughs> Stilton is very gone. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, buddy. He doesn't like to be around for this escape sequences. He's always gone because he's always sacrificed. <laughs> right at the top. <laughs> 28. 28. <laughs> you grab her and the two of you, beautiful, almost like like a ballerina pirouette spiraling down. I just aim us heads down, like <laughs> fully jutting down. Um, and eventually... In literally just a matter of seconds, actually, you find yourself <laughs> landing in the snow um, and you roll and are almost falling off of the cliff. Um, but you manage to, especially with that athletic check, grab the lip of it and pull the two of you underneath this overhang of snow. Okay. You see that this um, portion of the mountains here, again, there's lots of um, like snow melt here that has caused a bunch of channels and has created even more tunnels. Maybe the tunnels aren't a great idea, but Erza looks to you and goes, with this, she gestures with her hammer, I should be able to give us some cover. Yes, So amazing idea. That is now the Wyvern's turn, full action, dash, all three of them, and they are also calling out, which will mean, oh fuck, four more Wyverns will join them. <laughs> okay. Well, the D4 on the D4, the D4. They are gonna roll perception checks. Need you to roll another stealth check. Okay. Right, so we'll do the same. She rolled a 19. Oh, plus 10, so 29. <laughs> nice, Erza. Danke. 12. Okay. It's bleak. The good news is that you are out of their range and they don't have a breath weapon. Okay. <laughs> the bad news is they do see you. You are the larger of the two of you, so it makes sense. Like, you're kind of crouching underneath this overhang. Your back is still a little exposed. <laughs> and you hear... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Do you think they're talking about us? 
You know, maybe this time they're not. <laughs> Think positively. <laughs> she tries to pull you in. Think positively, still in. I look around. Oh, yeah. She had your emotional support familiar is not here. We're going to work <laughs> on that later. Okay, now, uh, uh, that was their whole turn. Essentially, this is what you see. You look out, turning back towards these screeching, now seven wyverns, and counting, turning and heading your way. Wings pulled in, they dive bomb at you, the various forces of the Chromatica on their back, screaming and cheering, eager to take down those who had offended their leader. As you do, Erza grabs you, pulls you in, and with a swing of her hammer, you watch as she hits the stone, and as if it were putty, just kind of swirls it around you in a rocky shield, making this a small enclave for you to hide in. All right, we probably will need to find a new spot or maybe even yeah. just create an air hole so Can we have we place to breathe. we just go out but... the back way, maybe? Um, like turns, behind us? Um, and you see, give me a perception check. Okay, based on sight. Based on sight. <laughs> that should, that'll go on a t-shirt. Based on <laughs> sight, question mark. <laughs> nice, 22. 22. You see that this part of like where you guys have bundled in is closed on the other side, but it is not entirely closed. It looks like you could potentially, boom, muscle through it and break open that wall and essentially try again, fall further down the mountain and see if you can find okay. a bigger place to hide in. Okay, even if Ertz, even if you could just warp the stone and we just kind of like go out around the corner and just like sneak around back, you know what I mean? We could certainly try it. <laughs> um, okay, that was her turn and it's now your turn. Doing what I do best, I'm gonna run up against the wall and just slam myself into it and do an athletics check Hell to try and break it open. Fucking yeah, give me an athletics check. It's a and DC 20 to beat. I'm just kind of running at it with like the pommel of the tusk like being absolutely disrespectful to this <laughs> god weapon, turning around and using it like a fucking hammer. <laughs> hammer might be a lot better actually now that I think about it. That is 19. 19. You <laughs> It's cracking every single time you hit it, but it is not yet broken through. Um, you have a second attack if you would like to use it. Oh, nice. I will definitely do that. Come on. Similar, it'll be an athletics check, so if you want to try it again. 22. That will do it with your full muscle behind it. <laughs> Six seconds, <laughs> no stone stands a chance against it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and <laughs> it blasts open. Rocks <laughs> cascade down the side. You see, basically from your vantage point, there is a slight slope down to a lower cliff side. And then it is just a huge fall into the valley below. I got us with the feather fall this time. All right. Um, now that is going to be the wyvern's turn it is a lot like the scene in lord of the rings with the riders looking over the side at the the halflings like the hobbits hiding there mm -hmm. um in which these wyverns all are like landing on this stony side where you've stood and they're all like clawing and you hear the talk um it's hard to decipher because the people are speaking in draconic but they're people are shouting commands to each other as they all like bang against this side of the rock where they think that you guys are just like hold up hiding. Mm -hmm. Right now they do not see you. They use their full round of attacks and in doing so you hear the rock cracking behind you. Fair. It looks like literally by the time you guys make another turn, they will burst through. It is now going to be Ertz's turn. Erza looks to you. I um, hold my arms open for her to jump in. She will hold her action for you. <laughs> it is now your turn. All right, I will. All right, lifts um, her hammer up. <laughs> grab her by the collar and go running Whoa! off of the cliffside and cast Featherfall. You guys leap off. And if you want, I'll say that you can 
Give me another perception check with advantage okay. to find another place to duck into. You can essentially wait to cast Featherfall until you've done the falling speed that is automatic with falling. You know okay, what I mean? So like it's like you're a little further. faster. Exactly. All right. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you doing? <laughs> cast it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> cast it. <laughs> Did you forget to fucking... <laughs> oh, uh-oh. I think I might be on a spell slot. Oh, come on now. Uh, 21. <laughs> uh, 21. You spot it. Another location. Amongst a number of the peaks, it looks like the, the ice flow has carved like several tunnels into one specific area. They don't necessarily lead anywhere. You're not necessarily sure if it's going to be a permanent spot. You can stay for like more than an hour. Right. But you look down and as the <laughs> stone shatters and these wyverns like tear into this spot that you guys have been hiding in, the two of you dive out, falling, falling, falling until... Right as she's like, did you not prepare? <laughs> you like parachute pull out. The the wind is knocked out of you, and you guys <sighs> sail and tumble into the snow and rock. Give me another stealth check. Okay. Yes, that's a sixteen. You are in the clear. Oh man, I'm, I'm so gonna lay thankful. down on the floor this time. Yeah, hold on. Let me fucking heal you, Christ. We're not doing this again. Christ, that famous bard. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jesus was a bard. Get in the comments. <laughs> So the two of you duck into the stone as the riders soar overhead, um, screeching, trying to find you, hear more calls. You assume is these forces of the Chromatica are saying, like, They must be around here somewhere. They couldn't have gotten far. Soar over and begin swarming, the roars of Anak are still booming from his peak far above you. Erza looks to you and immediately... Um, I'm going to say that we're out of combat. So Erza is going to just real quick... Um, she's going to save her last third level in case you guys want to toss the dome up. But she's going to use a second level cure wounds on you Thank two you. times. So she's going to burn two of those. Thank you. That's 10 on the first, okay. 12 on the second. So that's 22. Huh. And then she's going to burn her last first level to just give you another 1d8 plus 4. That's 6. So 28 back to you. Thank you. I feel so much better. And then she's going to cast a second level on herself. I really got to learn a healing spell. You know what? If it's not your bag, there will be people out there to help you. I, I just don't even really get it. It's... It kind of makes me queasy to look at it. <laughs> From being honest, it was uh, a lesson I kind of learned myself. Zabir also felt the same way. They I'm think divine magic is really gross. <laughs> it's really, as the wounds like seal up, it's like, ew, 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 oh, ew, nasty. <laughs> it's so funny to think that Zola's like fine with inflicting wounds, but the moment <laughs> she I has to watch them. Heal. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> Um, you guys heal up as much as you possibly can and you guys are left in silence as you hear the wyverns though not far continue to search without finding you that was kind of crazy I need to sit down she sits down I really was not expecting for us to get out of there she looks at the hammer Danka for for helping me. No, my life you. works. You are amazing. That plan was incredible. I mean, there there was nothing that we could have done if you hadn't realized what the hammer meant and how it could help us get out. Well, it wasn't exactly the result I was hoping for, but I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. At least we're both alive and, hey, I mean, hammer ain't too bad of a prize. Yeah, and an even better prize is you got the truth. I mean, you have the undeniable first-hand truth. She looks back towards Balderheim. 
back east towards the... I mean, the sun is setting behind you guys now, so it's a dark horizon. Knowing what I know now, I don't know what I should be expecting when I overturn. The story of my grandmama was a lie. I mean, we were nobles, all those people who bullied me are right in a way, though. I'm kind of torn between lying and telling the truth and hoping my work will be enough to protect my dwarven countrymen. Either way, at least I have that idiot that you helped convince back me up back in one of those Stark Rocks or whatever. Right, yeah. I Hopefully that's a little bit of political currency for you. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't I don't think you should lie, Erza, because it sounds to me like your family was tricked and deceived by a dragon, and I don't the don't dwarves hate dragons? Like, how is anyone gonna look at that and not see you, and not see that you were wronged? That just like they're a victim of an acra, your family were victims of an acra too. I think that you're right. I guess I worry about those who might stand in the way. I think that there are several that will certainly, again, the Stark Dogs, I fucked them over in a competition. They owe me. That's the lawful life of a, of a dwarf. And the Heffershirts might be a little kinder. My family lived under them for quite some time. And even though, again, we're not very well liked, we were always loyal citizens. But the Zobbiers and the Drake Bashers held to be certainly something to deal with then. But you know what? We'll talk about that in a moment. Okay. Because. I do think you can put them all in stone boxes, but yes, we'll, we'll talk about that. She takes a long, long beat. I won't, I won't do that. I won't do that. I'll, it was a test. It I won't test. do it. Nice try. She, she looks up. It's like, be fine, <laughs> maybe I will. Who knows? Uh, anyways, uh, so I am so thankful that you helped me with recovering this artifact and at least giving me a chance to change what's going on in my hometown. So I feel that I would... I owe you a little, you know? Just a little at least, right? Nah, no, you don't have to give me a gift. Oh, please. Listen, when we started this, I promised spoils. And while I was looking for the hammer, I... I promised spoils and I did lose all my belongings. Yes. That part was my fault, but... But, you technically know... Technically, it was on the journey. It was on the journey, and again, while I was searching for the hammer... Oh. If something looked interesting, I picked it up. Sneaky, Erza. Well, well, I can't make you walk out of this without anything after... I mean, you died. You literally died. Were you died. actually as scared as you looked? Oh, I was really or fucking terrified. Were you terrified. just stealing shit the whole time? I think that maybe it was like a coping mechanism while fear <laughs> was taking me. I was like, resources, I need resources, and was stealing things. So partially to give to you, of course, but partially also because I was driven by fear. But anyways, point is, um, and she takes out her bag of holding... And begins to take out some things. And for the first time ever in the podcast, what? we are going to what? roll on on treasure tables, yes! my friend. Oh, how fun. We are not going to have me give you items because I felt that it was a little too hand-wavy story thing for me to be like, oh, conveniently, I got the perfect items for you. <laughs> it would be more fun for you to roll and see what you get. Uh, it's a cape that makes your charisma nat 20s every time. Wow, and I'm seeing this teleportation ability that's just automatic now, <laughs> without consequence. All right, so 
First, I want you to roll. Roll a d12. Okay. Magical butt plug. Magical butt plug. Magical butt That's plug. That's a whole chart on this, so you're guaranteed <laughs> at least one. I hope I get on that table. Three. Three. Okay. Erza had recovered three items for you. Okay. Wow, it would have been insane Imagine if I it was rolled 12. 12. <laughs> well, if it was 12, I mean, there's some less serious tables I would have had okay, you roll okay. on. So, But with three, that means you do get to roll on tables that were a little bit more almost special. Goody, goody. A little more goody, goody. I need you to roll a D100. Okay. 37. Okay. The first thing that you find looks to be a long... As she pulls it out, she's like... I cut, this was the first one I just grabbed. I wasn't really sure what it did, but thought you might, I don't know, you could sell it or if it's useful to you, I don't know. It looks maybe like some sort of spell thing. It looks to be a long rod with a flanged head, um, almost like a mace. The bottom and top are covered in spikes. It's made of this kind of bluish, almost mithril-like metal. And you can see that there are six buttons, yellow, red, yellow, red, yellow, red, along the side of it. Mm, uh, this is kind of like a... A musical instrument game that they have for teens. Oh, oh! You're talking about um, liar hero. Oh, okay. I was. Th- I thought you were talking about the orcish game Buppet. Oh, it's kind <laughs> of like that too. Yeah. Um. So okay, that's the first one. Let's roll another D100. This one is going to be on the next table. I just don't. I. I that's just what I get from that. That's the first <laughs> okay, one. Okay. Cool. I love it. Thirty-nine. Unbelievable. <laughs> The second thing she pulls out look to be a pair of shackles, manacles, but they're inscribed with powerful runes. They look dwarven in make, um, and the moment you pick them up, you see that they kind of glimmer with magical energy in a way that makes you think that these do not have to stay this size specifically. Mm. Now let's roll one last time. This is the last table. Another D100. Kinky and weird, Arta. I know. Now that I'm looking, these kind of feel like weird gifts to give a teen. I I thought they, they looked cool when I was in there. Hey, them. mom, check out what my adult no, friend Erza got me. Oh, that's going to look so bad. Your mom isn't like one of those helicopter pants, right? 34. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anopheles. I really wanted to roll 69. I'm sorry, guys. I let you down. It's okay. Actually, you know what? I'll let you re-roll because this one is kind of one that won't pertain in any way. Thank you. Can't even be sold kind of thing. <laughs> Will you let me know what it was? It was another rod. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot You're of rods. not getting two rods, my friend. <laughs> um, in Skyrim, I love to have a ton of rods. Give my companion a rod. They oh, just start zapping shit everywhere. Uh, Nine. The last thing she pulls out looks to be a weapon. Another just beautiful... Actually, roll a d6 for me. Okay. Four. It looks to be a beautiful scimitar. This, It's made of very light silver metal, glimmers with this kind of bluish energy. And now I'll let you roll Arcana checks to see if we can identify what these okay. three things are. Cool. I'll just roll three at once. Looking to beat a 15 okay. in general. All right. Oh, and Eritzel will give you the help action. So roll those three. We'll say that's the first round. Okay, cool. We got a 15, we got a 22, and then one fails. So you can re-roll that one with the okay. advantage there, so it gives you. 
Mm, that one fails too. Okay. So you can't identify what this last weapon is. It looks... Honestly, I'll tell you right now. It looks... Legendary. It does seem to be a very powerful weapon, though you're kind of like... This just hasn't appeared in any of the books I've read. Is it light or heavy? Very light. Okay. Very light. I heard, so does this look maybe like Elvin? Ah. Uh, let me all roll all roll first. If she can do anything on it. Yeah, it actually does. It does look to be Elvin in make. Um, I've never. So shiny. Yeah, and and you can tell, and she puts her hands out to see if she can lift it. Mm -hmm. You give it to her, and you can tell by the balance of it. It is incredibly light. It can only really be held by hands that have the nimbleness of an elf. And someone like you or me with this might fly out of our hands because it's so light. Okay. But with the right training, anyone could wield it. In case you wanted mm. to, and she kind of looks towards the tusk to trade it out occasionally. Mm, maybe. The oh, it sucks when your mom gives you a cursed sword. It's like, I want to use your sword, mom. I know. Family heirlooms are so tough. She gestures <laughs> with the hammer. <laughs> Uh, you get it. I really do. I might be the one person on this planet who really <laughs> understands. Um, Maybe the... Cicero's will like a nice scimitar. Ooh, talk about it. You wanted to get a gift for your <laughs> <I> girlfriend. <laughs> wow, the table spoke. Um, Cicero's will kind of look kind of you know, hot, spin around with a scimitar. There's a brief fantasy of like pulling back to when you guys were on Drifton in that bar, in fight, that bar fight. And you picture her with the glint of the sure, scimitar. Just cutting off heads. <laughs> just the blood spraying everywhere. Oh, she's so cool. <sighs> um, the other item. Teen love. <laughs> T-Love's forever! <laughs> um, you take a look at the other two items. The first is called the Rod of Lordly Might. Mm. The six buttons on it each have their own ability. It was a bonus action. You can press a button and the effect lasts until you press a different button or until you press the same button again, reverting into its normal ability. Button one. The rod becomes a flame tongue, a.k.a. a fiery blade. Whoa. Button two, the head folds down to create two crescent-shaped blades, transforming the rod into a magic battle axe that grants a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls. <laughs> Shit, okay. If you uh, press button three, the rod is um, it folds down and a spear point comes out, transforming it into a magic spear. Button four turns it into a climbing pole. Up 50 feet long, as long as I spe as long as you specify. Button five, it will transform it into a handheld battering ram and grants its user a plus 10 bonus to strength checks made to break through barriers like doors. I, that means I would have plus 20 to plus those 20. rolls. If you bring this thing down and it turns into a shield, you barrel. You could break uh, down a city gate with that. I would get I a plus 20. 20 That's and a I got plus a 40. 40. <laughs> Unfucking believable. Gorgon's always fl flicking through them. I'm like, oh, cool, cool, a rod. Oh, cool, there's a battle axe. Cool, there's a. Oh, this battering ram could mm. be pretty sick. <laughs> and button six, the rod assumes or remains in its normal form and indicates magnetic north, something that's not necessarily very helpful. I already know that. Yeah, that's not <laughs> something that really helps. But here are a few other things that you can do with the rod. Okay. When you hit a creature with a melee attack using it, you force them to make a DC 17 con save. If they fail, they lose. They take an additional 46 necrotic damage, and you gain hit points up to half that necrotic damages. It can only be done once, but it's called drain life. Okay. Um, the next one is paralyzed. Similar thing. You hit them, they paralyzed. Uh, and then the last thing is terrify. This thing's kind of intense, Arta. <laughs> Yeah, do you, like, essentially you're going through and pressing the buttons, I imagine? Yeah, Every I'm time you press it, you guys, out. like, leap back in fear. as like, 
I'm gonna paralyze you. Watch out! Oh, please, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, that looks to be maybe no mission make. Um, oh. It's just incredible. The mechanics of it are, you know, dwarves are more about the stone craft and the, right. I mean, the magnitude of structures in a lot of ways. The gnomes get a little bit more finicky with the details. Uh, this looks like it was made by one of them, maybe. Interesting. Okay. Well, I have a friend who might want this. All right. Actually, I'm thinking about Kittle with the power to terrify and paralyze, and I'm nervous about it. She, and the internet and everything else <laughs> that the young woman's developing. Um, She's growing very powerful very quickly. Very fast. D- DM plan revealed. New big bad. Um, so the treasure's distributed. You guys kind of sit down. You play with them a little bit. I'll say you get a short rest. So if you oh, want to do, do anything I, with that. I learned about the pair of shackles, right? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. These are dimensional shackles. And as an action, you place these shack- shackles on an incapacitated creature. The shackles adjust to fit the creature's size, large to small. Um, in addition to serving as mundane manacles, they prevent a creature bound by them from using any sort of extra dimensional movement, including teleportation. <gasps> Basically, this is like you put them on someone. The only way they can break it is with a DC 30 strength check. Um, so you could put this on pretty much any large to smaller creature you meet yeah and who knows maybe something you can do other things with this it. would have been a little helpful for a trick would be very helpful for trick might be hard against someone like anacra or groom for but sure. you know you never know what you <laughs> you've done stranger things <laughs> out on hands Netflix. up Grish. <laughs> hands up imagine handcuffing him that would be what an end Handcuff taking you down to the big house groom <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, so you guys, after you trade through these treasures, I absolutely have to rest. Um, yeah, you guys take a rest. You can. Uh, you just want to do short rest, or you guys want to do this full thing right now? You trying to crash? No, let's do. I think let's do a short rest. Okay, you can take a short rest. You can I mean, roll your hit die. Erza, if you want to stay here after me, you obviously can. But I feel the need to get moving. No, I. And she kind of takes a moment. She's been admiring and like polishing the hammer. You see, it's it's probably an active thing for her to resist the greed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks to you. Given all we've gone through, I will of course see you at least to the end of the Ouroboros. You know, at least to ensure that you're walking down onto the tundra yourself and not just being like, "Well, done," and have you have, have fallen off a cliff somewhere. So. Um, Thanks, Arza. I'll 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 stay with you. We can we'll rest here an hour, move on a bit, maybe rest before I depart. We can do a long rest. But how are you um gonna get back? Cause you're not going the way we came, right? No, that's that. She <laughs> looks back up. No, I think that way is kind of. Um, I think it's close. Close for construction, but mm-hmm. you know, I think that you know, I've never been out this far, but and she pats her pocket where you guys have that map that led you here. Mm-hmm. This gives me a better understanding of the mountains around us, enough to be able to navigate them back east. And hey, maybe with that hammer, you can carve some of your own tunnels. You know, I was actually thinking exactly that. That, and it'll at least provide me a way to easily cut off or hide from the Chromatica. So, if it, worst case scenario, I will run. Um, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> good idea. Um, and also, just for the sake of it, when we're leaving, if we happen to get caught... I can split off from you, and that will draw their attention. I'm a, again. She shows the hammer. Not too much of a threat for me. I will find a way. So you don't need to feel okay. bad if I need to split off from okay. you. Okay. You guys take a moment. 
to rest up, feeling the wounds of battle fully kicking in at this point, but, you know, the victory that has been <laughs> achieved here far outweighs any of that pain. I will um, also use my um, arcane recovery feature. Oh, you know what? How many spells do you need also? Because Erza has that magic um, imbuing ability, so she can, missing... she can fill some stuff in that you miss when you do arcane. Well, recovery. I just got back one of my second levels, so I'm missing one second level, and I'm missing three first levels. Okay, she's going to use bolstering magic. She lays a hand on you, and you get... She's rolling fours every single... Oh, she rolled three fours in a row. Nice. Our ruling for that has been it rolls down to the um, next one. So any spell three, two, or one, you can get back um, three of them. Because she uses all of these. Um, as you feel her hand presses on your shoulder, and there is a surge of that arcane energy, familiar in a way that makes you miss the shard. And you can't help but think about how, though one book has been closed, another is still wide open. <sighs> I feel really proud of what we accomplished, but also my mind is just spinning with what's up ahead. <sighs> yeah, I know you have some, some big things to handle, but... <laughs> okay, that's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at her with my red eye. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm okay. Be I guess... honest, you don't have to say you're okay if you're not okay. I guess we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. Yeah, you we you know, I wanted you to rest and then we jumped straight into this and right. now we're hiding in stone, so Right. I died, Erza. Yeah, I've never I mean we've both gone down before, but Yeah. That's different. Yeah. You weren't moving at all. I was in the Astral Sea and I found Groomsh and where he is now. And I, now I know I've been dreaming about this place. Um, it's like a, a floating island with a endless battle surrounding it. And he was inside and he told me that I was a failure and uh, that I had relinquished the tusk and well, yada, yada. I guess that's why you never meet your family, right? Yeah, well, I mean, first things first. Who's he calling a failure? Didn't he? I know the stories. He's, I'm a, he's I'm a projecting, probably. He's projecting. Yeah. He told, he's the failure. He's the one who's wanted to conquer this plane. And so far, it's free of him. So I don't think you're a failure. Thanks. I don't, I don't think that either. Good, good. I, m men are usually full of shit. Yes, I've met so many of them, and it's it's crazy. The culture that has been created for them is <laughs> insane. But I'm I'm glad you don't feel that way. And wow, that's I mean I can't even imagine meeting Morden, and he's yeah. a a good guy. Yeah. I hear. I hope so. I hope so, too, now that you're telling me about this. Well, what else? I mean, and she gestures to your eye. I know the stories. That doesn't look necessarily like a good thing. <laughs> um, It's a good thing in that I was able to come back here. He let me go. Um, I offered him my eye. I thought it would be on theme. Um, and that wasn't enough. 
he also made me make a promise um, that I would guarantee that the shard came to him and that when he returns to Fayfall to take back the plane for the orcs that I will assist him in that I will assist him in whatever way is necessary the two of you sit there for a moment her thinking all of this through <sighs> well that's it yeah I'm gonna probably have to ask my mom to call her attorney well I honestly not a bad first step I mean how is he even gonna get here You'd need an incredible amount of power to break through the sacred seals to return to this plane. It's been locked off from the outer planes. And more importantly, you'd need a, a willing vessel to at least break that seal with. You know, we're talking an incredible amount of power combined with someone willing to let that power flow through them as a conduit sort of thing. So, Limburger and the Shard. Hmm. You know that was I'm I'm hearing the way I'm hearing what I said now and I mm, yep okay there's gotta be a loophole but I think I'll <clears throat> think I'll think about it after I rest a little bit more than that I'm just feels I don't know weird touching my eye um kind of like I don't know what it does or what if he's watching through me or I don't know well for now the focus is getting you to your mother I'm sure she will have at least some answers and perhaps a good attorney who can work with you yeah I'm hoping she can help um, and I guess in the meantime let's just make sure we give him a good show then huh yeah close my eye <laughs> that works too um so okay you guys take probably another you know this is like a full hour passes with you guys hiding you occasionally hear the screeching and roaring um before eventually after you guys are kind of all bandaged up it's a ghost all right i can shape us out of here and we can start making our way further down i'm hearing fewer and fewer of those horrid screeches so we probably have at least a little bit of a, a window here to get some ground. And based on how long we've spent, perhaps Frigidich is doing her thing now. Yeah, maybe they're busy. Yeah, it's dark outside right now, right? Yeah, it should be dark. Um, she takes the hammer and be presses it to the stone as if she's going to like, she's like blending something. And she goes, are you ready? Ready when you are. All right. If all else fails, I don't have any spell slots, so... Use the ones I gave you to cast Featherfall. Will do. <laughs> um, she puts the stone in and twists it and separates the stone, allowing a doorway to open into a familiar blizzard that obscures the star-filled sky. Snow beginning to fall from the dark clouds. There's an eerie silence now. Erza peeks out. The screeches had stopped, but all of them? You guys look out and look around. Instinctually looking back up, you suddenly hear as a horrible roar echoes through the peaks. 
far in the distance and high, high above you, probably out of sight from this angle, but you recognize that roar. The tiny shadow of a white dragon barrels towards Adorichi. The wyverns that Anakra had sent out, who at this point had been kind of resting on the nearby peaks, like guard dogs looking around trying to mm-hmm. see where you guys are, whip their heads towards the sound and begin to scatter, trying to pull up. Caught slipping. Caught slipping. You n- Don't be caught slipping <laughs> if you're on guard duty, friends. Don't ever go down like one of those guys in the movies who are like, whoop, and whoop. then they're gone, all right? <laughs> That's what happened to these guys. Um, the wyverns immediately like start to panic and pull up, though it is clear they have no chance as she tucks her wings in and rockets through them, her freezing breath turning them into statues that plummet from the sky and shatter into the stone below. Her forces, which have either been utilizing the tunnels or snuck into the snow, wa- uh, waiting for the wyverns <laughs> that you guys got to pass over them, suddenly leap out and begin their attack. The entire city of Avarichi begins to scream with terror as the harsh winter of Frigidich descends upon them. White-scaled kobolds, some winged, carried others, descending down like paratroopers, screeching. Some who had already been in the city, these kind of lower class of draconic folk here, pull out daggers and immediately start turning on those around them, diving on them, and the slaughter has begun. More calls ring out as reinforcements um, begin to try and rush to meet these white dragons and kobolds, but unfortunately there are just too many of them as they pour into the caldera. I'm kind of proud of that cold-hearted bitch. You know, I hope she gets hers in this. It's a it's a W for her for this sure. Is a, this is a win for feminism everywhere, <laughs> I think. <laughs> However... As the impacts of the various destructive forces begin to hit this city, you see, like, kobolds are, like, pushing balls of ice that fall down and shatter buildings and, and their shrapnel, like, blasting out towards the you enemies. You guys need help? <laughs> <laughs> you hear Bickerman screaming in the midst They're of it You suddenly hear the retaliatory roar of Anakra and the rallying cry in Draconic of Chromatica. As they begin to meet this force, it's hard to know whether or not who will win this battle, but you two are not sticking around to find out as you begin to scramble down the mountains under the cover of this violence. We may have dealt more damage to the Chromatica than my people or the Aurelian allies have done in the years of fighting them. Yeah, besides dying, I'm kind of really grappling with the fact that we just brought down like an entire city and mountainside. Like... I'm having a really big geopolitical impact for a teen. I'm still in college and I feel like I'm felling nations. It's just kind of a lot. Yeah, can you imagine what history books are going to look like if they exist after this? Oh. Are you going to be on the cover? I hope they draw (laughs) me with my brain. (laughs) You guys keep (laughs) fleeing down. Um, Finally making it back into the mountains far enough away that you feel that using these higher tunnels will not draw any attention. Mm You begin to move forward with haste, still charging to get as much distance as you can to find and set up camp closest to the Tundra that you possibly can. You eventually do find a safe, secure cavern, dimly illuminated by some of the crystals. Um, Familiar from all of your past now, and you see another tunnel leading out of this section, leading back up to the cliff sides where you imagine you will be exiting out into the much the a more northern side of these mountains. You guys find rest, uh, and Erza looks to you. Well, this will probably be our 
last big one. Do you want to help me set up the enclave? One last art says enclave. Um, the two of you settle down. You pull out your components, which you do have some components left. You're not mm-hmm. like totally out of everything. You can't. You can cast things, um, and you assist in her casting of Ertz's enclave, um, which grows around you once again, keeping you safe from the horrors of these mountains. I'm glad Marfin told me to always keep a little backup pouch of components. Yes, that is a good policy. You never know when your main bag is going to get stolen. You have some time before bed. Is there anything that you want to do? Or do you want to just long rest and get the journey going? As we're starting to bed down and get ready for sleep, um, I say to Erza, I still am like, my mind is trying to wrap around everything I've learned here in Anacris Horde in the Plane of Fire. Everything with the weapons and the dragons. So Gangren pretended to be a deva from Moradin. Yeah, he must have some sort of, I mean, powerful magic if, if he's able to imitate that form. Right. And did Anakra say that he's missing now? Yeah, I mean, that is also the general word of the land, is that... Many, many centuries ago, when these wars were fought in in their full with all of the dragon lords, once the black dragon went down and once Blitzburn the blue went down, Gangren disappeared. Not really sure about where, but, I mean, fingers crossed that he died, and that's just another way of saying it, but I feel like my knowledge of stories will say that that probably didn't happen, or didn't exactly happen. Yeah, that's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. I mean, the whole scenario is weird. She gestures at her hammer. It's a, It was a big play of Anakra to do this, and for the most part it paid off. I don't know why Gangren would leave. Maybe he just didn't want to be in service of Anakra, or maybe he had other things planned, or yeah, I don't know. I kind of think he might have had other things planned. I'm going to sleep on that. All right. Well, it was, I know it's not goodbye yet. We'll say goodbye tomorrow when we actually depart, but it was wonderful traveling with you. And I'm sorry I was so difficult in the beginning and I appreciate all you've taught me. You're not that difficult. You just kind of don't put up with any bullshit. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. (laughs) I really wish that my mom could meet you. Well, then you gotta go get her and bring her back. I guess so. I'm gonna make you sound like such a folk hero to the orcs. That way, when they finally, when we meet up, they're like so impressed to meet you. And they're like super, I'm gonna be like, Erza, the renowned, the famous, the royal, the... I want to tell you to stop, but I think that it's absolutely the right thing to do. So (laughs) thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I will do all I can to ensure that your people are met with kindness and understanding from my part. I know that Balderheim is loyal to the Empire, but who knows? Maybe I'll have a lot more pull there next time. Who knows? You guys head off to bed, and you sink into a deep, deep sleep. But 
one without any sort of intense dreams, mm. one without any sort of guidance or vision. Now, you feel like it's on you to forge this path. You awaken the next morning. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Good morning, wisdom saving, please. Morning. Eight. Okay. It's next to the 20 guys. All right. Tell me how you get your morning started. Okay. I wake up and I summon Stilton. You wake up, you take... Honestly, you probably wake up a little earlier than Erza, who is <laughs> having to do... Like, that marathon... This was... The run climb from the bottom of this caldera to the top in 10 minutes easily would give her a level of exhaustion if she mm -hmm. didn't immediately crash like you guys did. So she is out as you wake up in the dome, um, take out your components again, draw the circle, and begin to summon Stilton once more. And how are you bringing Stilton back this time? Oh, I will summon Stilton as an owl, which seems appropriate for uh, a magical snow-covered forest. Ooh. He's a, a white and uh, black-spotted barn owl. Oh my goodness. <laughs> As there's that final flash of light, you see kind of fluffing the feathers a little bit, this pied barn owl who looks up at you. Ooh. Hi, Stilton. Ooh. We're and, alive. <laughs> um, comes up and immediately nuzzles you and is like flapping uh, his wings, very excited. I stick my arm out of the dome and let him see where we are. <laughs> he hops up and looks out. And then when you pull him back in, his eyes are really wide. <laughs> Just about like nodding and looks, looks very, very relieved that you guys survived. <laughs> I mean, the last time he saw you things were much worse and yeah. so like the moment you bring him in if owls could kiss he's kissing like the, he's pecking <laughs> at your face and like i bring him back into my sleeping bag like i go back into you, bed <laughs> um snuggles with you i don't know if anyone any of our listeners if you've snuggled uh an owl let us know let how us know. comfy it is but i mean uh, they're so fluffy <laughs> it looks so fluffy and still in unlike most owls who would probably bite and claw you <laughs> easily just tucks himself up and still bites me a lot there. but they're all love bites they're all love yeah it's pecking and biting but it all is ow, with love ow. with love <laughs> ow um, you're pinky sharp ow uh after a little bit of time eventually erza gets up and as she does, and like literally before the dome goes down in probably a few minutes, she begins to take things out of her bag okay. and creates like a pile of what looks like food, um, survival gear, just like the kind of stuff that you guys actually had picked up in like Kieselkopf right. and in Balderheim. She goes, all right, so this should get you where you need to go. Don't you need some of this? I have plenty, and with this, and she gestures to the hammer, and my general skills, I'm I'm sure I'll make do. Okay. The worst thing I'll have to find is food, and I, I've been able to do that before. So this is for you. And she gives you, essentially, a small backpack so that you have things you can carry, um, and all adventuring supplies you may need. You've got your rope back, you've got your <laughs> you got your tinderbox, you got your crowbar, you got all the basics yeah. once again. Thinking of her saying that she's found food before and just watching her list of like jerkies and stuff at me and I'm like, has Herta eaten a kobold before? White kobold, black kobold, <laughs> green kobold. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she gets past the original list and is now like, now if you're trying it ever, just so you know, the red kobold's very spicy and the black kobold's <laughs> kind of have a little acidic taste. You know, it's kind of acrid, so not not the best. The green one, oh, 
weird looking Oh, very good. You're such uh, a professional. You know, you got to learn how to survive. And if, if they're all I got, I'm going to use them, you know. Um, <laughs> I want them an omnivore. Don't judge me, come <laughs> followers. Um, so you guys, eventually the dome fiddles down. You guys are inside this little cavern with a tunnel that literally leads just up and out back to the cliffside. You guys, you're ready to go. Is there anything you want to do before you leave? I just realized what that wisdom save was. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? You look like, so, oh. I was wondering where you were glaring at me. I was like, what are they? Oh, it's because they finally realize what's happening. Um. Oh, I'm going to roll my uh, portent rolls. Yes. Good idea. Okay. I'm excited. Well, I guess I'm ready to go when you are. All right. She looks at you. We're probably about maybe half a day's travel from the northern border where the mountains meet the tundra. Okay. So I'll take you there, and then we'll split off. Okay. You guys, again, you, you're both, uh, you're friends at this point, but probably similar to many male friendships, there's a lot of unspoken, <laughs> oh, this is heavy, and like, this is big, and I'm a little scared, but like, I don't know, that feels weird to talk about right Zola's now. Zola's still embarrassed that she died. <laughs> <laughs> Zola's gotten just a like, less, I a killed lot this less team. warm. <laughs> Your skin is even cold. Just graph. <laughs> um, can you give me two D10 rolls? Just the D10, not a D100. Just two different ones. Okay. Tell me them in order when you get a chance. Okay. The first one is nine. The second one is five. You get out and walk out into the cold, cold air of these mountains. You see the snowy peaks stretch far in every direction. You look back towards Anacra's Peak which has fallen silent at this point. I'm not really sure what that means, but right now it's not your problem. Ertza emerges beside you, and the two of you step out onto the snowy path and begin to make your way down the mountainside. Give me a perception check. Okay. Based on sight, dare I say? You dare, and you shall <laughs> get advantage. Thank you. 23. 23 that's really really good and i'm thankful you rolled really good not because it will stop something but because it'll give you an insight into what me as the dm just watched happen behind their screen hmm. you look out and you get a little funny feeling call it that precognition or the divination magic that you kind of have a just an innate connection to but it's almost as if you feel like someone was glancing at you you whip your head to the east, back kind of southeast in the direction of where Anacra's Peak is, and you see a, a flash of yellow on a mountainside miles away from you. That was indeed Plebo yes. using the Conjuration Shard to teleport to you. I rolled a D100 behind the screen. He needed to roll a 74 or higher to be on target and teleport directly to you. He rolled a 73. Oh. Which means off God. target and off by a percentage of miles based on the distance. Uh, so I was doing a shit ton of math back here being like, okay, nine times five, that's 45% off. Okay. So not close enough for you to necessarily be like seen by them, but far enough. Yeah. it's So you are safe for now, but it you do notice like that. Just, I just saw a flash of yellow. Yeah. It looked. Like, do I see the drow also? 
you just it's it's so far away and amongst the rock and snow that this is like seeing Gatsby's green light across the harbor. It's like a flash of light and you know, I'll say this just because of your innate knowledge of the colors of magic at this point. Yellow conjuration, you've seen it happen before. Maybe Pleba was trying to teleport to you again, which means that that might be something he can try to do. Right. How far away is he, would you say? <sighs> Miles. Miles. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're good. He doesn't see you. The 20 yes. you roll high enough to get to know a peek behind the screen. The reality is that you and Erza, like you probably draw her attention to that and she looks over. Is that who I think it is? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, we're going we can move. Extremely tempting to I was going to say yeah to stay here and wait and to use the manacles on him. No, you're oh. not thinking that. You know, I think that you're just so close to your goal. And perhaps if you're I not... I am, but this is another really big goal of mine is to just have some real one-on-one time with Plevo. You see, it's just rubbing her eyes. <laughs> Listen, I I, you I died, so I can't really him. say what you wanted to... Okay. Uh, <laughs> suddenly... No, the, you're right, you're right. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> the conspiracy corner rings out screaming <laughs> as Sola maybe confirms some sort of romance between her and Plevo. No, no, I just think that he's... He's being in, taken advantage of by his, by his employer. Like, I think... He, Listen, if it's a flirty thing, I'm not going to... No, gonna, it's, ew, Let's stop. start walking. First of let's all, start I'm gay. Walking. Okay, okay. You know, I'm not going to assume anything. You know, I'm also gay, but I... I whatever team needs a player, I'm ready to play, you know, so... I don't play on Plebo's team. Okay, okay. Enough said. Let's move on, though, because to be <laughs> honest, the people he was with were definitely high threat. Okay, fair. <laughs> You guys begin your walk down this mountainside. It is not an easy walk, but it is one with your 20 strength score you can pretty much do without issue. Just give me one athletics check as you make your way. And while you do that, I will tell you a bit of more about the north you are heading towards. It's a 24 24. You and Eritza have no problem bouldering down this fucking mountainside. <laughs> I'm pushing the battering ram in front of me <laughs> and clearing, like, a luge tunnel of snow in front of us. <laughs> you guys have a few moments where you can hop on your boards again and <laughs> snowboard down. Oh, also, I'd like to send Stilton off to just, like... Um, oh, like surveying? Just survey in front of us. And if he... Um, I'll warg into him occasionally, you know, as he, like, loops back around to make sure that there's nothing crazy in front of us. An excellent plan. He is flying through the sky, circling above you, keeping within that 100 feet, but still stretching it as far as he can. So you or guys even can if he wants to like go forward and then like loop back, back to me like 10 minutes later or something. Yeah, I'll s- you send him forward into okay. it. Um, he heads forward as you guys continue to climb. You are back on your journey, tired from these adventures and mishaps, but eager to arrive in the north. As we said, it's still a bit of time before you arrive in open tundra, but you do see this subtle stone path kind of cut into the ground. Perhaps dwarven ingenuity from long ago, disguised with the landscape, leading down through the icy crags between you and the tundra. A little history on the Wilderwinter Wood. As I mentioned before, it has historically been the home of the elves, a number of city-states under these dueling queens, and some frost giants who had chosen not to align themselves with the first might many, many years ago. 
With the First Might taking refuge north of the mountains, the isolationist elves have been forced to reckon with their new neighbors and their effect on the environment and available resources. Zola would not have heard much of what has happened since then, but the general assumption in the Empire is that the remnants of the First Might and the elves do not get along. And based on what you've learned about Corellin and Groomsh, the patron gods of these two major factions, you suspect that assumption is probably true. The wood itself is a sister wood to the woods that cover the region Zola is from, the Wilderworm Wood, but also shares some characteristics with the Veradontes, as these evergreens are more like sequoias than your standard fir. Perhaps not as big or biodiverse as the jungles, it is still a mysterious wood, known for its biting blizzards and fearsome monsters. Many have passed in their attempts to find the elven cities that hide here. Countless undead may roam. As this enters your mind, the path is subtly getting less and less treacherous. And at this point, you are no longer mountaineering at the same extreme level. It's more just like some heavy hiking the two of you are doing at sea level. You climb down the path until finally you find yourself level with the snow, with the pristine white snow. As you step, you hear it crunch beneath your feet and see before you amongst like these there's like some rocky outcroppings that pop up as the mountains descend into the the standard landscape um you stand there with erza snow no longer falling incredibly quiet probably about a quarter mile ahead of you past this like frozen tundra with some reddish grasses kind of peeking up through the snow you see the wall that is the will of winter wood where your family lies uh, erza turns to you Wow, that went much faster than I thought it would. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought it would go too fast. It's almost like someone was just like speaking through it. Like we didn't even get a chance it's like to a montage. Yeah, jeez. I'm thankful that I met you on so many levels, and I know it's not much, but I wish you luck in finding your mother, and. Saving your people. I do believe that you can handle this yourself, but don't be afraid to ask for help from others and know that I am here with you in spirit um, and back at Balderheim working in the background to see if I can make it easier for your return. Thanks, Erza. Um, you have taught me so much. I know you need to get back and be the ruler that you are always born to be, but selfishly, I really do wish I could take you along. Um, I think probably all the scary monsters in the woods would be afraid of you, and also I've never met them, but I'm pretty sure that my family would like shower you with honor and stuff for saving my life so many times, so thanks for not leaving me uh, dead on the ground in the plane of fire. Absolutely was never an option. I'm sorry that it got to that point for the sake of this gestures to the hammer again. But I promise that I'll make good use of it. And, you know, I think that, you know, part of me being able to hold it right now is the condition that I know I'm going to give it away. So know that you made a difference. Not just for so many, including those guys, just back to the smoking Definitely rounds. Definitely made a difference there. <laughs> but also for my people and me. Um, days ago, I wouldn't have been the person who would be able to hold this here in this point and know that I would be giving it up at some point. And days ago, I did not know the spell Erza's Enclave. I think that that's an even trade for your life, wouldn't Definitely. you say? Well, 
do me a favor and um if you can pick up a sending stone they have them in stores yeah you know and she pats her armony wink bag of holding <laughs> I have enough gold now that I think I can afford one. Yeah, so. some from me, right? Yes, you know, and also, why not? <laughs> she, seeing the, that comment, pulls out one of the bags. This has 200 gold in it. You should have at least something to bargain with when you get up there. I don't know if they're still using currency, but the elves certainly are, so. All right, fair. I am broke. <laughs> you are dirt poor, no offense. <laughs> I'm not that broke, but I kind of played off a little bit. <laughs> She does fall for it. She gives <laughs> she gives you um, 200 gold of her wath, I, of her I, huge wealth. I don't open up my pocket that has my money in it. I open up a different pocket. Wasn't that, that your purse pocket? just has like some or? lint in here. Well, it was all in the backpack. Oh, uh, bummer. Anyways. <laughs> all right, see you. Um, wait. What? She runs over and gives you a hug. <laughs> Uh, she only comes up to like your waist, but she <laughs> she hugs you and she I is so strong. I pick her up. <laughs> you pick her up and she squeezes you tight and then <laughs> gives you two hits on the back. Classic bro hug. It pops out of the hug. Remember, stay positive. Thank you. Please tell the guy at that bar that I made a, a portal in the underneath the rug in my room and he should get someone to clean that up. I'm positive that's probably already been seen, but I'll tell Patrick. In the woods. See ya. <laughs> All right, good luck, hero. Catch you soon. You head off, walking into the tundra, stepping onto this pristine snow and hearing the crunching beneath your feet as Erza watches you for a little bit before turning back and heading up the path. You continue to walk, the tall green wood looming in the distance, just a few hundred feet ahead of you as you continue to walk past these large banks of snow. I call Stilton back now that I'm alone. Stilton quickly lands on your shoulder. Oh, missed you. See anything good? Oh. And conveys to you that snow. so far, <laughs> it's mostly just snow. Um, it's it's strange. The area around you, there's lots of these like, oh, it's almost like snow dunes, you know? Some of them are smoother, kind of sh- shaped by the wind. Some of them are kind mm-hmm. of like piles of snow mm-hmm. as you continue to move forward. Give me a perception check. 21. You're making slow movement. You're keeping pretty low and trying to be careful, seeing if there's anything going on around you. When you suddenly see someone, slender, average height, wearing white robes, stumbles out and tumbles into the snow from the tree line a few hundred feet ahead of you. You look closely and they have a crossbow bolt sticking out of their shoulder. uh, And as they rise, their hood slips back, revealing that she is an elf, though one different than any you've seen before. Her normally pointed ears are even longer. Her skin is pale blue and her short hair is sharp as if frozen. She is a winter Eladrin, a type of seasonal elf from the Feywild, the mirror plane of the fairy and Fey. Following after them is a spellbook, weirdly kind of flying next to her, animated almost like a hawk. It soars, kind of trying to, both keeping pace with her and like keeping watch it seems as she scrambles up, rising quickly and rushes forward into the open tundra. She's clearly being pursued, but you think that she may be moving a little too fast out in the open. No matter what, she's gonna attract attention. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll call out, are you okay? Um, she's like looking behind her. She looks forward, looking around, spots you. I, oh, I just stick up a hand like a wave. Um, 
As you do, give me a perception check. Okay. I'm giving like thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. <laughs> like, she's going to roll. Uh, she casts Comprehend Languages. No, okay. <laughs> Nat 20. You see movement amongst the snowy trees towering ahead of you. Multiple humanoid shadows slipping out of sight the moment your attention is drawn to them. They're kind of flicking between the trees. You can't really tell, but they seem to be varying in size and shape, though all being humanoid. But that actually seems less pressing. Those seem to be her pursuers, for sure. But in your looking out, you suddenly feel a subtle tremor in the ground. You look around and realize that there is a tremor. There's a soft sound of snow being displaced. And you look to the west to see something like something burrowing underneath the snow, weaving towards you guys. Um, What do you do? With the nat 20, you get to act first. And you're probably about, I'm going to say, she's gotten to run a little bit. You're maybe 100 feet away from her. I will yell, avalanche? As you yell that, she uh, she's still like running, but she stops the moment you put like a thumb up and down. She like looks at you. She's terrified. She's breathing very heavy. You see, there's blood kind of pooling in her outfit at this point. Um, she, she goes, "What?" And before she can say anything, the ground bursts between the two of you as this horrid monstrosity bursts from the ground. Blue, covered, it looks like it's a cross between a worm and a centipede with steaming red-orange spikes that radiate heat hot enough to cause the air to waver. As you now look at the snow path that was kind of being displaced, you see that the snow there has actually melted in from the sheer heat coming off of this creature. And as it raises its insectoid head, dozens of legs and horns reveal themselves the Eladrin looks up, terrified at it, and it roars. And that's where we'll end our session today. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, gang. We're already in the north, and we're already fucked. Oh, boy. Wow, thank you so much for listening to the 69th episode of the podcast. It's so good to be back. I just want so to keep playing forever. Uh, I, I can't wait for the next session. We're actually technically in the midst of uh, recording the mini arc obscura so if you haven't checked that out which god what are you doing please do please do is dm by me baby. by the incredible lisa it's spooky it's spooky i play a strange muck person and that is all i'll tell for now uh thank you so much for listening thank you of course to our eldritch patrons if you would like to become an eldritch patron you can go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod Today, I am going to first plug the Patreon, as I just did. For $5, we've got that Afterlife, the exclusive after show where we will discuss the episode. We're going to be discussing this episode, obviously. Um, We also pretend to be on our own little stupid adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've also got Ashley's Conspiracy Corner, which isn't necessarily released very consistently, but it's also open for that $5 tier. It's a little treat. It's like buying a Ferrero Rocher from the drugstore. You don't do it every week because then it would stop being special. It wouldn't be as special. And it would you would realize that it kind of just tastes like a regular wafer snack. It's just Nutella in it's here. It's just Nutella and wafers. But um, so yeah, check that out. Also for $10, we've got the content surge, um, which is a monthly fully edited episode. Uh, for instance, we did movie night, which we um, is where we take 
a movie that we enjoy and we turn it into a D&D one shot. We've got my favorite thing that we're doing right now, which is what was your name what again? Was your name again? Um, where we roll up characters on random tables and play through encounters. Sometimes we play through other TTRPGs. Mm-hmm. It's worth the money. And hey, I mean, we also take feedback from you guys. For the Ashless Conspiracy Corner, you could submit conspiracies. For everything else, you can be like, hey, I like this. I want to see more of it. And we'll make it for you. Let us know what you want to say. And we're getting awfully close to the goalposts for us to make a musical episode. Which, like, ladies and gentlemen and theys and gays... We got like thirty episodes left of this campaign, so like now's the time. Now's the Let's fucking close time. It out. The finale's gonna be the musical. <laughs> <laughs> we just burn, burn bridges hard. The audience hates it. <laughs> what a jumping off the. Sh- it's like just... um, Starlight Express. Oh my! We're gonna God. be on roller skates. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Um, it's gonna be I, like Xanadu, guys. But I promise it will be it'll be like Shen Yu. It's gonna be a jukebox. <laughs> Shen Yu. Oh my God. <laughs> She's even in our podcast. You can't escape her. Uh, well, uh, do you have any plugs before we close this out? Yeah, listen to um, our um, friend's amazing new pop group, Dual Signs. Oh, yes. D U E L S I G N. Our friends Ray and Rose, who's one of our producer daddy, mm, they are hey. making, um, you know, baddie bitch summer tracks. Yeah. So absolute fucking bumps. If Just- you're. If you're coming to New York and you're drinking a nutcracker on the beach and going to Coney Island Aquarium and you're watching the guy go around with the parrots on his shoulders on the bicycle and the mm-hmm. birds on the front of the bicycle, complete that complete that picturesque moment with some dual sign. It just having it blaring in your speaker as you walk Blare down the street. Blare it out loud, yeah. Because that's what we do stereo, here in baby. New York. <laughs> uh, so, yes, plugging that, plugging um, – what else I got to plug? Hmm. I guess just plugging, be safe out there. Obviously, the world is very crazy. Be nice. Be nice. Be safe. Get off Twitter. Get off Twitter. Oh, my God. You follow us on Twitter, but no one else. That's it. I'm on Twitter (laughs) just for that reason, to like (laughs) the the podcast tweets. So, yeah, I guess follow us on all the social media. um, But make sure to take care of yourself. And until next time, try not to die. 69. 69 edition. All hail our Eldritch patrons, especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Elana, Emily, Jacob, James, Joey, Kate, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Brandstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time. Try not to die.